Hi everyone and welcome back to the Lowland League catch-up. You might notice this week is slightly different. There's only myself, Moza, here uh, for this week's iteration of the podcast. Unfortunately, Rampant isn't able to make it uh, owing to a few internet issues and so on. So you're stuck with me for the duration of this. But uh, don't let that dampen your enthusiasm. We have a great slate of games on tap for you to talk about here. And I'll run through them just now. So we started off on Friday night where BSC Glasgow played host to Vale of Leven and then into the Saturday games uh, we had civil service strollers first of all hosting East Cobride uh, at the time top of the table uh, or really pushing at the top of the table anyway with a game in hand. Uh, Whitehill Welfare played host to the University of Stirling and then in the three o'clock kickoffs after that we had East Stirlingshire hosting Gretna 2008. Cumbernauld Colts travelled to Edinburgh University Kelty Hearts and Barry Ferguson's first game as gaffer. They welcomed Gallifrey Dean Rovers uh, into Kelty, and that was our media partner Rock Sports Game of the Week, so we'll focus in on that one. And we'll round everything off with the Spartans at home to Edge Sport Academy. So here we go. And so we move on to Whitehill Welfare versus Stirling University. And this one started off with a pretty early goal from the uni. Uh, good work in the midfield from Hunter winning the ball back. Managed to square the ball outside to Lines, and from the edge of the box, he managed to fire it back across the keeper, take the lead. After that, there was a cross in again in the first half uh, that Aidan Ferris eventually managed to bundle in <laughs> off his head. Uh, you'll see from the, the highlights if you're watching uh, the, the YouTube video that it's... Uh, I'm unsure if he meant it or not, but it certainly got off his head and went in. And finally, there was a goal towards the end of the game. Lines on another amazing run. He seemed to be right in the mood in this game here. He unselfishly managed to square it over to McEwen, who finished off. And it was a really, really good one for the uni. Uh, slightly concerning for Whitehill Welfare that they've not been able to pick up points again against a team in the lower half of the table as things stand. But uh, before we get into it in a wee bit more detail, I'll throw you over to the thoughts of manager Chris Geddes and also goalkeeper for uni, uh, John Allen. Chris, it was all about three points today and uh, you're going home with three points in the bag. Yep, uh, really good performance, professional performance from the boys. Um, three goals, three good goals and uh, a clean sheet again, so... Um, We've always had lots of cup games and stuff in the last couple of months, but to get back into the league, uh, very important win today. Took a little while to get going though, didn't it? Well, to be fair, we, we scored after, what, six minutes, a really good goal. And then um, it kind of, it was a bit of a battle there. Um, Whitehill obviously battling at the bottom of the league and they're physical and they're trying to get the ball up to their big dangerous striker and stuff like that. So we were always they were always in the game at 1-0, but then obviously when we got the second, it just kind of killed the game for them. Talk us through the goals. The first one was a was a lovely team goal. Yeah, obviously we've pressed high and Lewis Hunter has won the ball and he's just slipped it wide to Blair who's took one touch in with his left foot, which is very surprising for Blair and he slotted it past the goalkeeper for 1-0. Gets us off to a great start. Not so good for them because it's so early in the game and that's what we were looking for today. Where the second one was just a corner from Rory. Really good delivery again and Tony's actually, Tony's flicked it and it's going in. But to be fair, it's hit Aidan Ferris in the head and it's went in for 2-0. So delighted for Aidan to get a goal. Um, as he's, he's had a bit of a dry spell but playing well for us. And then obviously the third goal, Blair's done a mazy dribble into the box and he's pulled it back and Rory's slid it in with left foot so really three really good goals from our perspective 
There was a little uh, knock for Dom Slattery, which I think was was from one of his own men. How's how's Dom fared from that? Yeah, the two of them ran into each other, him and Tony, uh, good mates, and uh, he's came out worst. <laughs> he's I think he's bit his lip, so he'll be okay. A couple of stitches, I think, and he'll be he'll be ready to go on Wednesday again against uh, Nottingham. And the table will look a, a lot more healthy tonight. Yeah, obviously we want to get away. We've got so many games that we're trying to we're fighting on all fronts, and obviously we just want to get away from the bottom. Um, and obviously that separates us from Whitehill, who are at the bottom. Um, I haven't seen other results today because we were at two p.m. But it's 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 just a good it's a good victory today. As you say, good day at the office. Thanks, Chris. Well, we're joined by a goalkeeper, John Allen. John, three points and a clean sheet. Good day at the office. Yeah, delighted. Uh, obviously, a big game in the league. Uh, we're doing, doing well in other competitions and stuff. So. We needed to pick up the three points today, so uh, a great performance and a good win, yeah. I was going to say, how important was it to get these points on the board? Because you, your league position doesn't really reflect the performances this yeah. season. We've been playing well in, in the Caps, we've been winning games and in, in our university league as well, but it's a big three points, obviously. If they get the win today, then we're right back in the sort of relegation battle. So, yeah, big three points and good win. The start of this season, you probably weren't expecting to get as many games as you have done. Uh, how are you finding this this run in the team? Yeah, obviously not. Obviously, Big Kev's injured and a quality keeper, so I wasn't really expecting to play, but I'm really enjoying it. I feel like I'm getting better every game that I'm playing and, yeah, more comfortable. Yeah. And there have been a few changes with the back four, back three in different games. How, is, how has that affected you as, as goalkeeper? And not really. We've sort of we've been playing the, the same the same shape and everyone that's come in has just plugged in well and we've been really solid of late, I think. Yeah, just saying before the game, maybe nine goals in the last 11 games we've conceded, so not bad, and three clean sheets in the last four as well, so delighted, yeah. As I said, good day at the office. Yeah, cheers, thank you. Cheers, Dad. So understandably, the Unicamp very happy there. Uh, Chris Geddes, the, the gaffer, and also the thoughts of John Allen, who's getting a unexpected run in the team, but he's obviously making the most of it. And you heard how delighted he is uh, to get the opportunity as well. So, yeah, just looking at the the table now, what happens after this game? As Chris alluded to, uh, Uni have been looking to get up to towards the right, the right end of the table, uh, having had a couple of tough results early doors, and it looks like their form in the cup competitions is now translating through to the league. Whereas for Whitetail Welfare, it seems to be more of the same story, unfortunately, for Jock Landles, in that they are stringing a couple of nice moves together, and they do have a a threat up front, which has been more than his initial couple of weeks in charge. And so they've clearly worked on things and got a bit of improvement there. But they really need to start getting points on the board. And I'm sure Jock would be the first to tell you that. So they'll be looking ahead very much to the next set of fixtures and getting moving. But uh, we'll move on from there to the next game, which happened to be on Friday night. So on Friday night, BSC Glasgow played host to Vale of Leaven in the first of the weekend's fixtures and ultimately it was BSC running out comfortable 4-0 winners uh, in a game that Vale did suffer from a little bit of misfortune uh, but if I run through the kind of running order of what happened it was an early goal from Declan Hughes in the sixth minute that got uh, BSC up and running he managed to evade the Vale defence with a long ball through over the top and then floated Pretty pretty nice lob over uh, Ross Gilpin in Nets. And after that, it was basically 20-odd minutes later, approaching a half-hour mark, when Martin Green got the second goal. Davy Winters, who had a fantastic game, managed to play a ball through and he managed to just put the ball underneath Gilpin, a dive in Gilpin, to get the, the 2-0 lead. And at that point, things started going wrong for Vale because... 
uh, Ross Gilpin actually went down injured uh, just before Green's goal uh, and he was replaced just a few minutes later after that and straight afterwards Bonner also limped off uh, for Leeson as well so obviously we wish both guys the best and hope they're they're not too badly uh, too badly injured but then just when you thought that they were going to get into half time and try and regroup there was a goal in the stroke of half time and it was an own goal for Vale captain Jack Blakey as Cammy Ballantyne, uh, BSC's loan signing, had a shot that cannoned off uh, the goalkeeper and came back off Blakey into the back of the net. So it was just one of those halves for Vale. And afterwards, uh, when half-time had been and gone, Sean Stewart did manage to get, almost get clean through. Uh, Ross Sinclair managed to charge out his box and stop him in his tracks. After that, it tended to be one-way traffic, more often than not again, and Declan Hughes managed to seal the deal with two minutes left of the game. Again, Davy Winters, that man, uh, managed to put a beautiful pass through the defence, and it was another low-play shot past, this time Beveridge, in goals. So, a really good result for BFC, who now, with guys coming back from injury, are beginning to look a bit like the team that we may have predicted at the start of the season we're going to push for basically the the championship amongst uh, the kind of top four or five in the league. Whereas for Vale, yet another high-scoring game, but sadly for them, they're not on the right side of things this time around. Uh, and they travel down uh, on the Friday night looking to regroup and get back on track. And that brings us on to East Bride visiting Civil Service Strollers at the weekend. And this one was arguably the tie of the weekend when you had to look at the fixture list. Two sides that are more than capable of getting goals and getting points on the board. East Kilbride have also got a very, very strong first team. And intrigue was added with the addition of Chris Humphreys this week, uh, the former Motherwell uh, Jamaican winger and striker. And he came in straight away, right into the first team. Uh, in terms of civil service strollers, they had a pretty strong team out themselves. And it was all set up for an absolute cracker, and so it proved. So things got underway in the 11th minute, all things considered, when Strollers took perhaps a surprise lead with uh, Stephen Froude ending a really, really quick and decisive counter-attack, uh, getting on the end of a David Churchill cross from the right wing and getting their noses in front. And from there it only got better for civil service because Cammy Muirhead went ahead and doubled the lead with a really delicate chip over the keeper. Uh, and at this point, East Pride were a little bit in disarray. They managed to regroup and get to half-time down 2-0. But it was a game that you would have thought they and their fans were fancying going home with three points from. And they really had to, to pull ranks at half-time and get things sorted. And it seems that they did that because... They managed to come out and take control at the start of the second half, all things considered, and actually get a goal back in the 67th minute, so leaving plenty of time to to complete the the couple of goal swing if they could do it. And it was that man Humphrey making his debut who popped in a great corner and Malcolm up front, who's always a danger, put his head on it and got it in. At that stage, I suspect many people would have expected Kilbride to to complete their comeback, essentially. But Strollers were having absolutely none of it. And Gary Jardin's men, just two minutes later, restored the two-goal cushion. And it was Cammy Muirhead once again uh, that basically saw the end of the game uh, as 
a going concern because they managed to see it out relatively comfortably. And uh, I was keeping on to tabs in this one, thanks to our friends at the Edinburgh Football Podcast, so a good shout out to them um, for, for helping as I was doing the, the research into this one. But all things considered, an absolutely fantastic result for the Edinburgh side. East Kilbride, a little bit wounded, uh, I'd imagine after that. They're still looking to appoint a permanent successor uh, to, to the gaffer. And you'd, uh, you'd imagine those efforts would now redouble to keep them on track. And basically, their state today is to win the league. And they're still right up there and they're still on course to do so if they can keep the results coming. But uh, it's a bit of a speed bump that they've hit there and it just goes to show that you cannot underestimate strollers as I perhaps might have been guilty over in the last couple of podcasts thinking that their run of form's over and they might basically fall down the, the table a little bit. So they've, they've proved me wrong and I certainly hope they continue to do so because Gary's done a fantastic job up to this point. And that brings us on to the Rocksport Radio game of the weekend which this week saw Kelty Hearts playing host to a really resurgent Gallifrey Dean Rover side in recent times. So, and really intriguing class in prospects, not just because Barry Ferguson was taking control of his first game um, at Kelty, but uh, Gala probably fancied their chances uh, heading into Fife. And ultimately, the first half proved to be one side over the other in terms of Kelty took control from the early stages and while the five-man midfield that the Rovers were putting in there tended to frustrate them early doors, it was only a matter of time before Kelty took the lead and ultimately it was Stuart Cargill, the man who has been in the form of his life recently, 17 goals from just 13 starts this season uh, and number 18 came via a really clean finish uh, from the angle in the box after some tidy build-up play, it has to be said, uh, Elliot Ford was involved. And from there, Kelty continued to put the pressure on Sense and Blood. Patrick Martin and the, the gala goal was having a really bu- busy afternoon. He actually had to deny Keane Chalmers a couple of times before Chalmers eventually doubled Kelty's league lead in the 26th minute uh, with a powerful header from McKenzie's near-post corner. And at that point, you did fear a little bit for Gala. But they more than held their own. They managed to get through to half time and regroup and change over a few things. They stuck with their 3 5 2, and the second half was a much more even affair from the, the reports that have came out. Uh, chances at both ends. Sean McCurdy was uh, one of the guys who was testing the Kelty goalkeeping uh, out, whereas at the other end of the field, it, ultimately Cargill was the main man again. Matty Gay was having a, a really decent game as well and it ended up petering out into a comfortable 2-0 win for Kelty as Gala couldn't really get the the goal to force the issue towards the end of the game and a, a lot of that was down to a really decent performance from the Kelty defence, you'll see in the highlights if you get a chance to go on their YouTube uh, ultimately it was Keaton Chalmers though that got the nod as man of the match and given that he got another goal to add to his goal in the last game and it was an all-action all performance. It seems to be very well-deserved. But uh, that result with uh, East Kilbride slipping up does see Kelty sitting really, really strongly now at the higher end of the league. And they'll be looking to, under the new manager, kick on and really assert their dominance uh, if possible. 
going into a proper, real big, big match uh, next time round against reigning champion Spartans. Now, before we go any further, we do have some thoughts from Gallifrey Dean manager, Dean Shanks. Hi Dean, what's your thoughts on the game today? I thought um, we came into the game, it was a, a very, you know, it was a big occasion for Kelly today, there was a lot of media attention on it. And I think for the first 20 minutes we probably got, the occasion got a wee bit too much for us. So, without thinking of that, I thought that's, the, to, to be honest, the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes has, has decided the outcome of the game. Um, you know, we've then, we've held on a bit to half time because I think a third goal at that point would have killed the game totally. Second half, for the first half hour, we've had a couple of chances, probably been on top a bit, but I think the damage was done in the first quarter of the game. So, look, we've been doing well recently. Um, you know, a lot of good results, but we're, we're very, what we're trying to do here, we're in the very early days of it, so we'll go away, you know, we'll learn for it, and then we'll prepare for two games and then the upcoming weeks that are ones where we have to look to win because we've got two home games coming up. So, I, yeah, it was frustrating, but at the end of the day, I think Kelty, you know, the first half, they were really good and I think that was probably the, the deserved outcome today. But if we want to get to this level, we've got to go and compete with these teams and we've got to be braver on the ball. It's all right being brave and putting tackles on, but you've got to be brave on the ball and get the ball down and want to play. So, I we'll work on that, but... Nah, no complaints today. Thanks. And from Fife, we'll go back to Edinburgh, where our reigning champions, Spartans, were playing host to Edgy Sport Academy. And this one, again, was quite a, an interesting one on paper, anyway. Uh, Spartans, with East Kilbride dropping points, had a chance to go second or even top of the league at this stage. And they started off in great fashion, only 12 minutes in, and it was on the left wing, a great running cross by Gary Senarazzo, apologies if I've mispronounced that big man, and talking to big men, the big American Steve McDonald bravely headed home at the front post uh, to take the lead. And from there, it was quite a, a ding-dong battle, especially between McDonald and Rafi Chrissy, and uh, they, I think they both enjoyed the physical contest, shall we say, uh, and the stroke of, well, 35 minutes gone, Spartans should have maybe made it too, and it was a chance he'd come through with a good cross in, again, this time from Craig Stevenson, hit Jack Smith in the six-yard box, but his header was saved at point-blank range. So at half-time, they went in a goal to the good, and by UG Sports' own admission, uh, if you follow their Twitter, they had a poor first half by their standards. They came out and started all the guns blazing in the second half. It didn't take them long to rattle the crossbar with Flynn's flying effort at beating the keeper, but it just couldn't get underneath the bar. And from there, they continued to press on an end-to-end game, and they were rewarded for their positive outlook. With 82 minutes on the clock, Jordan Alexandra got the equaliser, and neither team could find a winner after that. From what I've heard, both teams are frustrated they've not got the three points, but that probably tells you a lot about the way the game's gone. It, it maybe a draw was a fair result between the sides, albeit I suspect neither of them would agree with that aspect. They both wanted the the full uh, the full three at this stage, but uh, another special mention again, just picking on the the academy here. Theo Kuv made his debut 
they're coming through the ranks and it's always great to see young guys coming through Spartans especially uh, have been absolute pros at it the last couple of years Jimmy Dishington being the main example of it but uh, all in all it sounded like a cracking game decent entertainment and a draw while not the best result for Spartans keeps them right in the, the thick of things at the top of the league but uh, overall there is a long, long way to go and they will still fancy their chances of retaining that trophy come the end of the season. And moving on to our penultimate game of the slate here, it was a bit of a shock, to be honest. So Edinburgh University welcomed Cumbernauld Colts to Bethlehem Mill. Uh, Colts really keen to get back on the winning trail after a couple of games against BSC Glasgow where they got a draw in the league. And they got a defeat, a reasonably heavy defeat in the Scottish Cup. Edinburgh Uni still looking to drag themselves away from the bottom of the table into a position of relative safety. And we've discussed, myself and Rampant, uh, over the last couple of weeks, how with the student sides, a lot of the time they tend to get a little bit stronger around about this time of year as any new guys bed in, having just joined the university. And even with that, you would have still found most people, I suspect the vast majority, would have fancied Cumbernauld Colts to come away with three points. But uh, it didn't turn out that way. And Dorian Agunro will be absolutely delighted that his students came through with the victory. And there's not a lot to tell you about, to be honest with this one. Uh, at half time, it was all even, with chances very few and far between. Uh, both sides competing really hard, but a lack of quality, ultimately, uh, been on, on display and it stayed very much that way until 10 minutes into the second half there was a last man challenge from the Colts Arnie Bembo uh, ended up seeing the red card from the, the referee for denying a clear goal scoring opportunity and from there University of Edinburgh really stepped their game up and re- essentially smelled blood they fancied their chances of pulling off a scalp and they had to be patient. They waited all the way through to the 87th minute of the game, right at the death. And it's that man again, Abdul Yusuf, who came through with the vital goal. He's absolutely vital to university and what they've done this season. And here he was again, putting the ball in the back of the net to get a priceless victory for a, a Gunrose men. However, for the Colts, they did have a couple injuries. It's important to bear in mind. They'll still be disappointed, no doubt, with uh, returning home to Cumbernauld empty-handed. But uh, ultimately, they want to get back on winning ways before too long. And they're going to have a chance come next week. But uh, for now, there's plenty to work on, I suspect, in the training ground. And come back stronger uh, as the, the new slate of games comes around next weekend. So, on to our final game. And... For this, we're going to the Falkirk Stadium, where East Stirlingshire played host to Gretna 2008. And again, a, a contest that on paper looked pretty even, arguably Gretna having the better form of recent times, and Shire still getting to grips with having their new management team of Derek Hewitt and Andy Rogers together, uh, taking the, the squads onto pastures new. But uh, ultimately, it was again a really tight game, like a lot of them were this weekend. At half-time, it was nil-nil, but uh, the main threat for Shire in the first half was Paul McCafferty. He was causing all sorts of problems as the half progressed, flashing crosses over uh, across the box. Unfortunately for Shire, just nobody getting on the end of them. And Gretna didn't adjust 
at half time enough to stop him because ultimately as the second half wore on he managed to get in behind beating the offside trap and slot home from 12 yards to take East Allensher into a deserved 1-0 lead and from there uh, Gretna had a couple of little openings, little half chances but generally it was Shire that were the, the better team on the day McCafferty actually missed a golden chance to kill the game as well uh, but he shot straight into the keeper's hands from the edge of the box and uh, that was with about 10 minutes remaining but uh, any nerves were quelled as the game ticked into added time with David McCoy on the, the other wing finishing high into the net from just 11 yards out and bringing Shire a much needed win uh, they've had a really tough run recently and it's exactly what the fans have been asking for. And fair play to the, the fans that turned up because from what I've heard, it was one of the colder days you're ever going to feel at the Falkirk Stadium. So the brave souls that were there, I hope you've uh, kept all your fingers and toes all together because it was Sunday from from the second-hand information I've been given. But uh, ultimately, a really important win for East Stirlingshire as they progress onwards. And despite the fact that it looks like it's going to be a a season of mid-table uh, football for them. The league's out of the question at this point and also you'd suspect I've got far too much to be looking down the table at relegation. It's going to be interesting to see how they approach uh, the final uh, half of the season as it comes along, if they're going to make changes to that squad and if they're going to keep faith in your and Rogers as their managerial team. But uh, a bit of a chink of light at the end of the tunnel for them and Gretna return back down south having not lost heavily, uh, they've put a decent shift in and they've got bigger challenges to come to ensure that they continue moving up the table and staying well clear of the chaos that's ensuing down below. So that brings us to the end of our roundup of the weekend's fixtures. Just to recap, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see the, the scores now and I'll move that into the, the table. So the changes that has made... You'll notice if you have a look that Kelty Hearts sit proudly atop the Lowland League having come up from the east of Scotland last season. And they've got a three-point gap now on East Kilbride with a better goal difference. Kelby do have their game in hand, a really, really important game in hand, especially now uh, with the, the weekend's loss to civil service strollers. Spartans are only one point behind Kelby, so four points off the top, having played the same amount of games as Kelty. And BSC now sneaking into fourth position on the same points as Spartans, having played a game more than them and uh, the Hearts at the top of the table. The other end of things, Whitehill Welfare remain bottom on four points, having again failed to pick up anything at the weekend. They're only four points away from Dalbiti, having said that, but above them is beginning to look a little bit tougher for Welfare to catch up because Gretna, Galaferi Dean Rovers and University of Stirling are a good couple of results away now, uh, 11, 12 and 13 points respectively they sit on. And above there you'd think Vale of Leith and any Stirling sure feel that they are safe from this stage onwards, bearing in mind that they'll look to continue putting in the performances they have been and progressing uh, up the table as time goes by. So the time really needs to be soon for welfare. Uh, to kick on and get some points on the board. But uh, looking into the fixtures next weekend, I'll run through them for you as well. So first off, we have a massive, massive game. Talking about Whitehill Welfare, they travel to Inner Leithen to face Vale of Leithen. 
and at home, Vale have been really strong, they've scored plenty of goals, they have conceded a few, but they provide plenty of entertainment for the entry money, and that game there could go a long way to deciding if welfare have a chance to move off the bottom of the table, uh, or if it's going to be a long, tough slog, ultimately all the way to the end. Otherwise, Cumbernauld Colts will be looking to bounce back, hosting Gretna 2008 at the Broadwood Stadium. Both teams really looking to bounce back there, so that'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on. Dalbiti Star are back in action at home to BSC Glasgow from Islecroft Stadium. East Kilbride have a tasty looking fixture at home to Stirlingshire. Shire having coming off uh, a win, a long overdue win for them in their uh, in their minds. Kilby really badly need to get back on uh, the the winning track, as we've discussed earlier on. Elsewhere, Edgy Sport Academy are playing civil service strollers down in Annan at Gallabank. Two teams that are in decent form. Strollers, especially now, with the, the win to the very unexpected when you'd argue over Kilbride. Uh, Edgy Sport clearly fancy themselves as de- a decent outfit this season. And to round off, we've got another couple of games there. Gallifrey Dean Rovers are facing the University of Stirling in another tight-looking uh, clash at Netherdale. And to round off, arguably the tie of the weekend, and it's certainly the one that I'm most interested in to see how things shake out. Kelty, once again at home, New Central Park, face the Spartans. And that has all the makings of a massive, massive game, even this early in the season, because there are only going to be 28 fixtures in this campaign. Every single one of them is important, but when it comes to the top three or four facing each other, anything could happen, and that will go a long way to showing if Kelty's title credentials are really there for all to see, or if Spartans can basically come out and say, as reigning champions, we're not relinquishing our crown that easily. And I suspect that there will be a massive crowd there to see how Barry gets on Barry Ferguson in his next game against a really, really experienced and a really battle-worn Spartan side. It's got all the makings of an absolute belter, that one. So that brings us to the end of this week's Lowland League catch-up. Thank you very much for listening or watching, be it on your podcasts, be it on YouTube, however you consume the podcast myself and rampant are always really really grateful for anyone who keeps up to date anyone that gives us any questions or any feedback on twitter you'll find me as always at moza plays on there you'll find rampant at rampant fm and please don't hesitate to get in touch if there's anything you think that we've missed over the weekend's action or that you'd like us to have a look at in a little bit more depth we are always more than happy to hear from you. The other thing, make sure you keep tabs on the Lowland League website itself at slfl.co.uk because on there you'll get all the previews, all the reactions from the writing team as part of the league as well. And you'll also get some special features uh, including the diary of the Lowland League Virgin that Alistair writes and uh, it's always worth uh, a read as well, especially for you guys that are out there considering going in to the league and committing to getting into games every week. It's uh, it's a different point of view from basically seeing what happens every week in the league itself. But thank you very, very much for listening. We will be back to a twosome hopefully next weekend, myself and Rampant. Before I finish up, we do need to say thank you to everyone who sends in the video clips, the interviews, anyone that supports the podcast, however they do it, thank you again. 
and you know who you are, so I won't list you all off. But uh, I will catch you all next week. Until then, see you later.